crazy weekend at the Metro Detroit shopping malls um, where there were um, two threats of either a bombing or an active shooter at two different locations. First one flew kind of under the radar because the incident at Great Lakes Crossing kind of got all the headlines. But uh, early on in the day, uh, around noon on Saturday, uh, the Nordstrom's at uh, 12 Oaks in Novi was shut down for a good amount of time because somebody called in a bomb threat um, if they didn't get a, a, a certain amount of money in gift cards. Um, and then, of course, police investigated. Their, uh, the threat was either neutralized or there was no threat. It was just somebody, some stupid kid uh, talking crap or, or pulling a prank. But the real chaos was later on on Saturday evening out in Auburn Hills, Great Lakes Crossing, or, or Great Lakes Crossing Outlet anymore. I don't think it it markets itself as a shopping mall anymore, but a collection of, of outlets. Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, around 6 o'clock in the evening, I guess there was reports of somebody trying to uh, steal from the Big B Coffee. The police showed up as the police were responding to uh, that call. A fight broke out. The police had to deploy their taser. When they deployed their taser, somebody yelled, shots fired. And, of course, there was a stampede of folks um, trying to leave uh, Great Lakes Crossing uh, because, well, uh, mass shootings, shootings in uh, public spaces are a very real real, uh, possibility and really real reality that we're dealing with in in 2023 and as far as I know nobody was hurt and police evacuated the mall um, the mall did the right thing by by um, cooperating with the evacuation and once uh, all the smoke cleared and the dust settled uh, there was no uh, th- there was no shooter um, and you know at this point the question is who yelled out shots fired why did they yell out shots fired and will they face um, any uh, legal consequences for that. Uh, and I guess it depends on if the person really did think that uh, there were shots being fired and they were trying to warn everyone, or if it was just somebody uh, getting off on the chaos. And uh, literally, it, it, it's almost the same thing as yelling fire in a movie theater. So um, it, it's sad what's been happening to malls overall. I... Uh, I do a little door dashing on the side, and I've had to walk through shopping malls. And uh, Twelve Oaks itself is still pretty pretty hopping. Um, but you know, I've gone into other once great bustling uh, monuments to commerce that are now like ghost towns, and uh, it's sad. It's sad because when you're a kid, that was your entire Saturday going to the mall. It was a place where dreams come true. You walk through those doors and. Maybe you'll talk to a pretty girl. You never did, but it was a possibility. Um, if anything else, you and your homies would go down to, to FYE and listen to some music for free, go up to the food court, get yourself an Olga's. Um, around uh, Christmas time, the fountain would be transpo- transformed into Santa's magical uh, uh, North Pole workshop and of course, uh, I remember when online shopping first became a thing, I said to myself, there's no way I'm going to do my shopping online. I like being out in public. I like being out in the hustle and bustle. And uh, fast forward to 
however many years later, and I definitely do uh, most of my shopping online. So glad, uh, glad everyone was safe at the area shopping malls with all the mall madness this weekend. And uh, I apologize to the shopping mall um, industry as a whole. We as a society have forgotten you. Where will all the Spencers go? That's what I want to know. Um, the big, uh, well, the mall stories were serious, but the big national story of the weekend were uh, dueling federal court judge rulings on mifeprestone, a uh, abortion drug, which is part of a two-pack uh, um, uh, regimen, uh, a two-pack course of medication um, that I guess it accounts for like 98% of the abortions in the United States, which surprised me because I, I think a lot of us who should be a little more educated on the topic uh, were just under the assumption that um, you go to the clinic, you had yourself, um, you know, a, a, a procedure, the graphic procedure that the pro-lifers uh, like to describe. But really, it's, it, it's, it's as uh, simple as taking uh, two pills. Like I said, two dueling federal court judge rulings. First one came out in Texas where it was ruled that mifeprestone is to be taken off the market. And the Texas lawsuit, it targeted the FDA's, this is from the Washington Post, loosening of restrictions on the abortion pill, including the agency's decision in 2016 to say the drug could be used through 10 weeks of pregnancy up from the seven-week limit uh, then it initially approved, and it also um, targeted um, the improperly, in their words, the improper approval um, by the FDA back in 2000. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened back in 2000 that got this uh, abortion drug approved and, and, and sent to market. Uh, maybe the FDA was less than um, diligent in their... Uh, approval of this and their research, but it's been on the market now for 23 years. And I wish I would have saved the uh, graphic that I saw that uh, showed how many fatalities um, were attributed to mifeprestone as opposed to other um, more innocuous medications. And pretty much the, the gist of the graphic that I saw was that mifeprestone has a very very low mortality rate. I think uh, I think the mortal uh, the deaths were like in either the low double digits or in the single digits since the year 2023. So uh, early on Friday evening, a federal judge in Texas um, banned mifeprestone from the market, and then uh, just a few minutes later, maybe an hour or so, a judge in Washington State. Um, upheld the uh, right of mifeprestone to be uh, sold um, sold on the market, um, and that lawsuit is a little. Tr this, this that lawsuit seemed to be a pro mifeprestone uh, lawsuit. Um, it actually accused the FDA of singling out the drug for excessively burdensome regulation. So. Dueling federal court decisions on whether or not mifeprestone uh, should be used or not, should be uh, legalized or not. 
um, the judge down in Texas, um, he put he, he put a stay on his own ruling. Um, the ruling does not go into effect for seven days to give um, appeals courts a chance to appeal the decision. And to me, this sounds like um, it is it has been designed to get this case seen in front of the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court is majority conservative. And if the question as to whether or not this abortion drug should be legalized or not gets in front of the Supreme Court, uh, who overturned Roe vs. Wade last year um, after 50 years, uh, the smart money, the smart money's on the Supreme Court taking this thing off the market. And, uh, of course, they overturned Roe vs. Wade um, and what, what, what essentially is happening now is that, um, abortion is not a federally guaranteed right. It's up to each and every individual state, um, to this de- determine whether abortion should be, uh, legal or not in their state. So this ruling won't necessarily outlaw abortion. It's just going to make abortions tougher to access and less safe. Um, as I've said on this podcast in the past, um, not all abortions are elective. A lot of abortions are medically necessary. And the fact that this pill accounts for 98% of the abortions in the United States and it's safe, I think it puts a lot of women in danger of having to have to, to, to go to uh, uh, Planned Parenthood and, and have these, these risky procedures. And, you know, this is, this is going to be the political football. This is going to be the culture war issue until some kind of, um, some kind of decision is made on the federal level um, to either ensure the right to abortion or to outlaw it completely. And I don't think outlawing it completely is what the the majority of the American people want, as we saw uh, with what happened during the um, midterm elections in, in 2022. The Republicans got their butts handed to them. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, there's a whole week to appeal. As of right now, you can still get mefeprestone um, here in the United States. I'm sorry, in, in Michigan. There are 17 states in which it's it's legal. So we will see how it plays out. Uh, when it comes to these leaked documents, I have to be honest with you, I don't know what to make of this. Over the weekend, military documents pertaining to Ukraine, the war in Ukraine, uh, were leaked uh, originally on a Minecraft chat room. I heard that on NBC. And my first thought when I heard this is that this smacked of, of, of Russian disinformation, right? I mean, Russia loves to put out a, a whole bunch of fake news um, that makes America look look stupid, that uh, puts Americans at each other's throats into um, so... Um, a lack of confidence and disunity into the United States. But the Pentagon is saying that uh, these leaked documents are actually uh, genuine. So some of the, some of the things that are uh, included in these documents are casualty numbers on both sides in the hundred thousands 
according to the um, according to the documents. Uh, it says that the number of Russian casualties is somewhere between 189,000 to 223,000. On the Ukrainian side, it's between 124,000 and 131,000. Um, it says that Ukraine uh, could run out of ammo in the near future. Um, the documents also detail military vulnerabilities on both sides. There's maps and there's also information in there that says the United States are is also spying on their allies, such as Israel and South Korea. And of course, when I heard this story, my ma- mind went back to Edward Snowden. Um, he le- the, the fellow who um, leaked a whole bunch of uh, government documents. Uh, um, I, I believe it was during the Obama administration. And is he still on the run? Is he is he did he get asylum in another country? What happened to Edward Snowden? Um, I really should have uh, researched this before coming on, but it just popped in my head. Anyway, Edward Snowden he 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 leaked a whole bunch of documents um, about uh, um, he worked at the CIA, um, a whole bunch of documents about uh, national security and and you know some sensitive information about uh, that 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 could have put people overseas. Americans overseas in in danger, and uh, I'm trying to think. I don't remember. I think the fact that I don't remember the specifics of what he leaked uh, went to show that what he leaked didn't necessarily do any damage um, to the United States, at, at least uh, when it comes to safety of Americans or, or or death of military members. I think there is some information in there of, of, of some of our leaders talking crap about other world leaders. And uh, the you know the main the main takeaway from that story were, were people um, debating whether Edward Snowden was a patriot or a criminal. But I think the fact that I can't remember a whole lot of specifics goes on to show that what he leaked about the United States didn't really have any harmful effects. So I'm hoping that's what's happening here. Um, all the intelligence that was leaked, I think, um, went back as, as, as far back as late February, early March. So it, 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 wasn't a, it wasn't a huge breach, but still a breach nonetheless. And we'll see. We'll see who the Edward Snowden of this um, particular leak is um, spent a lot of time last week talking about this huge kerfuffle um, regarding Bud Light and the uh, uh, the rainbows that they put on their cans and the trans influencer that they collaborated with and of course Kid Rock got mad um, Travis Tritt got mad Travis Tritt um, I stopped using Bud Light products in, in his tours and of course, there was calls for boycotts, and um, you know, a lot of my um, less than than uh, gay and uh, transgender um, accepting uh, people on my 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 social media feeds were posting all the uh, 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 brands that were owned by Anheuser Busch, saying that uh, stop using these products. Let's let's show them um, what we think of this, the American people. And, of course, the, uh, the old hashtags going around, go woke, go broke. Well, Rolling Stone, actually, 
put out a very interesting article where they listed a good amount of these these companies that have been targeted by conservatives and how they have fared. Um, now, Keurig, Keurig, that's one I forgot about. If you remember, there was this uh, this somewhat viral um, social media sensation of people blowing up their Keurigs because Keurig pulled their um, advertising from Fox News uh, during the Roy Moore uh, candidacy. If you remember, he was the guy running for, was it Senate or the House of Representatives? Senate uh, for Alabama. And he was just accused by so many women of, of, of sexual misconduct. And, of course, um, Fox News, if there was a Democrat, they'd be running that 24 hours a day. But since it was Republican, they were doing the whole let's not rush, rush to judgment type thing. And so Keurig said, well, we don't really want to be uh, – we don't want our brand affiliated with that. So we're going to pull our advertising from Fox News and – of course, the Fox News acolytes got mad, and they posted these social media, media videos of them uh, busting their coup rigs in um, creative ways. And so Rolling Stone writes about what has happened to coup rigs since that. Um, the parent company, Kubrick Green Mountain, they were acquired by Dr. Pepper Snapple Group um, in 2018 for $18.7 billion dollars. And every day, every year since that, their uh, profits have increased. They're now the third largest beverage company in North America with $7.3 billion of profit back in 2022. Um, at Nike, Nike uh, was under a lot of fire when they teamed up with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, and, of course, people were upset about that because Colin Kaepernick was the uh, first NFL player to kneel during the national anthem and there's a whole bunch of people uh, who thought that he was disrespecting the military, disrespecting the police. Um, I, y- you can make a stronger case that it was disrespecting the police with those pig socks, which I think is where he went wrong. I think if he wouldn't have worn those pig socks and would have just knelt, um, he could still claim the moral high ground. But, uh, but I think there was a legitimate gripe with that. Uh, but also, I, I didn't know this, but Nike also, they're also um, collaborating with Dylan Mulvaney. That's the trans uh, social media influencer who teamed up with Bud Light that got everybody mad. Um, and, of course, uh, Nike, which, uh, by the way, side note, I saw that movie Air starring Ben Affleck and um, Matt Damon and Jason Bateman about uh, how Nike secured Michael Jordan and and revolutionized the um, sneaker, the, 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 the sports shoe industry, fantastic movie. Anyway, uh, back to the, uh, back to the, uh, original point here, I guess, uh, that year, once, uh, once Nike signed Kaepernick, they experienced a large spike in sales. And in 2022, the fourth quarter net income, they made $144 billion. So, it just goes to show. I, I would even say, I would even say that that quote unquote uh, woke woke political ideologies are 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 profitable for companies. I, I I think just having just coming out with a political stance is profitable for for companies. I mean, if you remember back when the CEO of Chick Fil A was asked about gay marriage and he came out against gay marriage and he said that. Uh, uh, he wasn't for it, 
Um, there's a big uproar, and of course, conservatives the next day um, went to Chick-fil-A, and there, there were lines around the block, and Chick-fil-A had its best day in a very, very long time. So I think, uh, I think uh, what this goes to show is that, you know, once upon a time, businesses did not want to wade into political waters at all, right? They didn't want to alienate 50% of their fan base because, as Michael Jordan said, once upon a time, Republicans buy shoes too. But that's not the world we live in anymore. And I get it. I, I, you know, to me, it is kind of annoying. I mean, you know, I, 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 I might just want to make myself a cup of coffee without being labeled a, a liberal, or I might want to just go get some waffle fries and chicken tenders without being labeled a conservative. But that, that's not the, the world we live in anymore. It's almost like companies have to take a side. And their uh, their profits will spike with one political ideology, and it will go down with another political ideology. And one of the uh, one of the um, uh, companies here, and this is going a bit long, so I'll make this quick. One of the companies listed in the Rolling Stone article is Disney, and they're back and forth with Ron DeSantis, and how um, parts of of Disney's business is down. And they are laying people off. Um, in 2022, they still made $28.321 billion of profit, a 27% increase from 2021. So why they're laying people off is beyond me. But the takeaway is that Disney is doing fine, despite what's going on with, with, with their little tiff with Ron DeSantis. And if you're not familiar, essentially... Disney spoke out against this don't say gay bill, and Ron DeSantis did not like that. So Ron DeSantis says, hey, you know, Disney, you have this thing called the Reedy Creek uh, Improvement Plan, which goes back to before Disneyland was built down in Orlando, Florida. And essentially what it says is that Disney will get a significant tax cut, but they're going to be essentially their own self-sustained entity. They're going to be their own government. So... They don't have to pay as many taxes, but, you know, the state of Florida doesn't have to pay for their police. They don't have to pay, pay for their EMTs. They don't have to pay for any road funding. Um, Disney will take care of that all themselves. So it was mutually beneficial. Uh, Florida didn't have to uh, spend a whole bunch of money maintaining Disney. Disney didn't have to pay taxes. They just kind of took care of themselves, and that agreement went on for many decades until Ron DeSantis backed the don't say gay bill down in Florida and Disney spoke out against it and Ron DeSantis says okay well since you disagree with me I'm going to pull I'm going to end this Reedy Creek improvement uh, thing and you're going to have to pay us taxes well the problem is that uh, once they actually crunched the numbers they saw that oh taking away Disney's special status will actually cost the citizens in Florida $1 billion over a certain amount of time. So Ron DeSantis says, okay, well, I'm going to put in place a brand new oversight board. And it was filled with, you know, Republicans and people who agreed with him uh, ideologically. And they were going to oversee um, every decision Disney made. And, and, and essentially, um, it would be run by the state of Florida and Ron DeSantis. Well, and then Disney, they volleyed back by putting some kind of agreement, um, the outgoing oversight board, uh, put in some kind of 
poison pill or some kind of agreement that essentially stripped all the power away from the oversight board. So when the new oversight board came in, the only thing that they saw that they had the power to do was, uh, was repave roads or something like that. So Ron DeSantis was in Michigan last week, and he said, I believe this was at Hillsdale College, that he will win on every single issue and that he's threatening uh, hotel taxes and road tolls um, to, to essentially put Disney over a barrel financially. And I know this plays very well in Florida, but I'm wondering how it's going to play with the American public where he's essentially having a, a, a whizzing match with not only one of the biggest employers in the state of Florida, but also one of the most beloved con- companies out there. I think that, uh, you know, this don't say gay bill, essentially what it says is that, um, you know, if, if a child asks a question in school about sexual or gender identity, teachers, administrators, anyone in the school, they're not allowed to talk about it. I don't know what the consequences are. They, they could be fired. The school can be sued. And then they kind of and, and then they kind of wrapped it up in this legislation that said that uh, um, schools are not allowed to teach sex education before third grade, which I think everyone would agree with that part. Also, I don't think that was actually a problem. It was only put that part was only put in there so that if you had a problem with the part about a teacher's not being able to answer any questions, then people could shut you down and call you a pervert. It's almost like, uh, I think Mallory McMorrow said that uh, it's, it's like uh, outlawing werewolves. Yeah, werewolves are, uh, are, are, are a danger to children, but they also don't exist. All right, this problem of, of, of kids learning sex ed before third grade in Florida, it doesn't exist. It wasn't happening. That was just put in there to silence the critics of the, uh, to silence the, critics of the uh, don't say gay bill. So I, I think that the majority of Americans are looking at these boogeymen that the Republicans are creating, and they don't see them as legitimate threat. So, yeah, you know, this stuff might play well in Florida, and it might get you um, likes and cheers in the comments section. I don't know how many votes it's going to translate into if he decides to run for bigger uh, federal office.